1762, outside Carnacville. Thirteen-year-old Ersule Orchier knelt in the shadow of the red caravan to watch her mother lie to people. Agnès was very good at her job. Her dark eyes flashed convincingly, and she spoke with just the right amount of hesitation, of warning, and of promise. Ersoul's responsibility, one she had shouldered since she was six, was to collect the payment after the readings her mother gave. The pretense was that Agnès, the fortune teller, gave no thought to money. The truth was quite different, and Ersoul had learned early that not a penny should escape her. The customers would arrive on foot, or in a pony cart that rumbled along the rutted road from Carnacville. They wound through the field of menhirs where the clan camped, gazing wide-eyed at the circle of scarlet and blue and yellow caravans. They shrank away from the narrow-eyed, bare-chested men, gaped at the women in their gaudy scarves, and sometimes smiled at the half-dressed children running about among the stones. Ersoul met these seekers in the centre of the circle, beside the remnants of that morning's cooking fire, and guided them to the red caravan, where Agnès sat, shaded by a striped canopy, the Orchier crystal before her on a small table. Often, the customers glanced over their shoulders to see if anyone had followed them. Ersoul offered no reassurance. It was better if they were anxious. There was energy in their nervousness, in their fear of someone knowing they had come to have their fortunes told. Frightened customers never held back when it was time to pay. Ersoul added to her mother's drama whenever she could. She had always been plain, but her eyes were large and black and thick-lashed, and she used them to good effect, producing a flashing glance that implied danger. Sometimes she spoke in rapid Romany, and the seekers thought she was speaking in tongues. At other times, kneeling at her mother's side, she let her eyes roll back as if she were in a trance. Often she moaned, underscoring something interesting in her mother's patter. It was an act, and Ersoul was good at it, but it was the crystal that convinced the customers. It was an ancient stone, a chunk of crystal dug out of a riverbank by the grand-mère of Agnès's grand-mère. The top was smoky quartz, rubbed and polished until it was nearly spherical. Its base was uncut granite, the same rugged shape as when it emerged from the mud. A generation had passed, with none of the Ochiers seeing so much as a spark in it. Agnès and her sisters swore that their grandmother could bring the crystal to life just by touching it. They widened their eyes and lowered their voices when they told the tale, claiming the crystal bloomed with light under her hands. Ersoul doubted the truth of this, and with good reason. The Orchiers were notorious spinners of stories, even for their own family members. She suspected that her mother's grand-mère had simply been more adept than Agnès at fooling everyone. 
Her mother had devised a way to make the crystal appear to glimmer as she moved her hands across its cloudy face. It required a strategically placed lamp at her feet, a twitch of her foot to move her skirt aside, a practiced motion of her hands to hide the reflection in the crystal, and then, at an opportune moment, to reveal it.